We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to The Pod is the Roof, the official UNC basketball podcast of the Field of 68. I'm your host, Riley Davis, joined as always by my co-host, Jacob Karabatsis, a.k.a. JK. Uh, we're, we're recording this a day after UNC got their eighth straight win. Uh, this one was a 76-66 win at Boston College. Yet another road win, Tar Heel State unbeaten. Not the prettiest game, but JK, when you were watching this, what was what was your biggest takeaway? Well... I think for starters, we knew this one was kind of – I think we literally talked about it in the last episode. We kind of talked about how this Boston College game just feels like a like a trap spot. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was Henson that said, um, when you go play in those environments where there's not as many fans and the gym's kind of like emptier and it is a road game, it can be even harder because there's nothing to feed off of. And – I got that energy. I mean, they came out a little flat. Obviously, the offense was was bad in the first half. I mean, it was there's just no other way to put it. It's you know you but you come up you come up ahead at the half by three, and I think mm-hmm. that's just the difference, man. Like, no matter what, if something it I mean, it's how it feels right now. Two weeks from now, it could be completely different, but it just feels like right now, whatever is going wrong they're going to be doing something so right that it combats it. And that's that's just kind of how the defense has been. But, yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of things. You know, first off, I don't know what that ref's obsession with Cormac Ryan was, but, like, he he was just, like, locked in on Cormac the entire game. He was letting zero antics happen. Um, of course, every time the game was close, you already know Mr. Big Shot R.J. Davis would just – answer and respond in some way then later in the game you get it from ingram i mean there's just Mm -hmm. every week man and who am i to complain like i like i've been on social media this week and it's like obviously we love our unc fans but like let's not be so spoiled okay like (laughs) we we literally had the most disappointing season ever last year and we're complaining because we only won by 10 and in a road acc game for our eighth straight win when we're watching all these top dogs in every conference lose on the road to lesser mm-hmm. teams each week. So all I would like to say is let's make sure we're taking this in 
the correct way and not 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 beggars can't be choosers man you know that's just all there is to it we, we we're winning and we're winning by double digits at that <laughs> yeah I, i'll i'll build off of that for one i love that you made the point about the refs i i thought like i'll from an unbiased perspective i thought the the stripes are way too involved in this game calling a ton of ticky tack stuff it seemed like there was no flow whatsoever it was really frustrating to watch it felt like for one the the best team on the in the ACC is being relegated to the CW, which is frustrating. Uh, which as a whole, I like the. I don't know who the guys on the call were for the CW yesterday, but they're pretty good. Like the presentation's not terrible. It does seem like the, the actual camera itself is like the footage seems a little grainier than yeah than ESPN. Uh, but th- whatever whatever ref crew they delegate to these CW games are just awful and. From a UNC perspective, I did feel like Armando got called for some ticky-tack stuff. I can't remember. If, I, I want to say he got called for a foul for, like, diving for a loose ball or something. Um, that stuff was frustrating, but at the same time was like – I mean, they – Cormac definitely drew a couple foul calls with – from an objective perspective, I would say were some flops. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he Not complaining up. about it. <laughs> it, it that, that's the one thing I do want to say, though. It was – when you've got two bigs – like Quentin Post and Armando Baycott, mm-hmm. let them bank. Mm-hmm. That's what made me mad. Yeah, you don't you don't need to be ready to blow the whistle anytime. And like, I, it just seems so many times whether either team driving to the hoop was like an automatic foul call, regardless. And yeah, it's just the type of games that are it makes it painful to watch because you could tell. I mean, Boston College couldn't hit the side of the broad side of a barn went from from beyond the arc unc missed a lot of threes too though like it just was an ugly shooting game i'm glad carolina can defend well and i'm glad they got some timely plays um but i'm also with you man like i think this boston college team like we talked about last week this is not the the jim christian teams of old that win like less than 10 games a year they they could maybe be an nit team i mean who knows like the the acc is wide open they're in the high, they're 92nd on Kimpom right now. They have some chances to where they could crawl into like the top 75. And it's not out of the realm of possibility this becomes a Q1 win at the end of the year. All they got to do is get to 75. Um, but yeah, they have big physical guards like Jaden Zachary. Post is one of the best. I mean, is it he might be one of the best 10 players in the league? Like he's really good. Um, so I, I'm happy with the win. And yeah, I don't want UNC fans to take this for granted, like you were saying, seeing them chirp online. But um, focusing on the game itself, though, to me, I think the biggest takeaway was the the play of the bench and specifically how well Hubert used the bench. Uh, I loved Okonkwo getting his shine when our guy. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been gassing Okonkwo up since the the preseason, but it was clear that Washington couldn't stay out of foul trouble, had some bad turnovers early. And Okonkwo held his own, and he had that lob from Cadeau that put Carolina ahead three at the half. Yeah, I mean, look, first off, seeing him check into the game, it was just great. I mean, I he didn't, you know, he's not going to do anything crazy offensively when he's out there, but, like, he did what he needed to do. He boxed mm-hmm. out, he rebounded, he caught lobs. I mean, I... I just think there's so many guys like that, like that don't even really play on this team, you know, mm-hmm. like Woe chick's not really in the rotation anymore, but if you need to throw someone out there because someone's in foul trouble and you need to throw, throw Paxson out there for five minutes for some offense, you can still do it. If Washington's in foul trouble, you can throw a Conquo, you can throw high 
out there like if you need to mm-hmm. um i mean it was just an overall ugly game the the only real concerning thing to me is that we only forced four turnovers and had 11 huh i didn't realize which we is forced four which yeah. is crazy because it feels like we forced more turnovers because they missed so much but um <laughs> Yeah, I do just want to give two special shout-outs. One for a Boston College player. I would like to uh, officially thank Claude L. Harris Jr. for shooting them out of that game in the last eight minutes. That was absolutely legendary stuff from you. Um, second off, <laughs> I think it's time, Riley. I think it's time that we officially declare this Withers Week, and uh, we, we just take a uh, take a little Jalen Withers victory lap. We have had our doubts, and neither one of us will deny that. I think every UNC fan has had their doubts. I feel like we're taking a, a lap of shame for like doubting him so much. Exactly. He, victory, he we this is we're giving him his flowers as he takes his victory lap. Th- yeah, this is <laughs> I. We are Cersei Lannister, and people are yelling shame at us as we're walking down the street. Okay, like we. We always loved the frame, the athleticism, the intangibles of Jalen Withers. But, I mean, there was just moments where it's like, dude, what are you doing? And then Mm -hmm. this week, he's like, all right, fine. Goes for 15 and 10 in the the, we love a good revenge game narrative against (laughs) Louisville. And then it's like he comes out against Boston College, you know, 9-3-1. And and it's just like finally hits the three. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he just, even when he's not great, he just imposes another level of physicality that mm-hmm. I feel like only Ingram can impose. Mm-hmm. And he's just big. He's athletic. He's annoying on the glass. It's like when he's doing what he did these last two games, if this is what Jalen Withers is now, if if it really is this 14 to 16 minute and this is what we get, that just increased the ceiling of this team because that was the biggest issue is, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Jalen Washington defensively. And I do actually have some faith in Jalen Withers defensively, but it was just the offensive end. It was just like a bad turnover or missing open shots or, but I mean, dude, I'm, I just got to say like this week, I hope this is what he is because I was blown away with Jalen Withers this week. Yeah, I'm with you completely. It's it, it's a testament to both him and to the staff. For one, like the staff being able to get him comfortable in this role, I think they deserve a ton of credit because we saw like the Tennessee game had some of the worst turnovers we've seen from a scholarship player at UNC. Um, missed a, a layup in that game that was wide open as Tennessee was making their run. There's uh, You go back to the Oklahoma game where he fouled three-point shooters on probably two possessions within five, like – like a two possessions out of a five possession stretch. It seemed like something like that. And if you look at his Louisville tape as well, if you actually watch some of those games, like his, uh, his fundamentals defensively weren't great. He'd bite on pump fakes. He'd get lost. But what this staff has done, I'll give them credit for getting him, you know, in a structured system to where he, he is a difference maker defensively. Um, He plays so hard. I, I think that's, that's what's been the most impressive part for me is he's going at a hundred miles per hour. Uh, but at the same time, he's staying in control where he's not rushing things on offense anymore. He's not trying to dribble too much or do anything. He, he seems very comfortable and like just relentlessly attacking the glass cutting. He's been incredible moving without the ball. Um, 
like the last three games, he's had just thunderous dunks in each, which has been great. Um, and that, yeah, and I know I said I gave credit to the staff, but I gave credit to him too for buying into a role. You know, he he probably knows he's usually not going to get more than twenty minutes a game. A lot of times, not more than fifteen. Um, but it seems like he's relishing, and it. it seems like he knows that he's getting in there to do the dirty work, to to throw down some dunks, to cut. Uh, and he's probably just happy because his team is winning. And, you know, I I actually like, I kind of do want to play off that. I almost think part of the reason the transition was so tough for him was a bit of shock because you go from a team like Louisville where you're having to create every single shot. You're not really getting open looks. You always have the ball in your hands and you have to work hard. I think it just took him a while to realize like, wait, hold up, when I come in now, when I do get a shot, it's going to be open. There's no Mm -hmm. need for me to force things. Like, I'm not on Louisville anymore. And I I think he's, like, I know that's, like, crazy to say, but I just think that he got so used to being in a situation where he was just constantly having to create for himself, and now we're seeing that he's realizing, oh, wait, if I just come in and do these little things, my guys are going to get me some open Mm -hmm. looks. I agree. Like the most remarkable part to me is even looking at his O rating, his offensive rating from the past three games. You know, you want to be above 100, like a hundred's about average. His, the last three games, 152 against Syracuse, 143 against Louisville, 187 against Boston college. Like he is an, an, an abject positive, uh, maybe I should say indisputable positive whenever he's been on the court, this, this last stretch, which is, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I will gladly eat the crow on saying I will too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, I didn't think he was going to put it together at all. I just thought he was going to be a five minute a game guy who could maybe get you some boards, maybe a highlight reel blocker steal every once in a while, and that be it. But he he seems like he's a legitimate bench piece, which is great. Yeah, and you know that's like, I think that's what makes it so crucial for this team because you looked at it before and you were five deep with Trimble off the bench. So six starting five and Trimble, you needed a seventh guy, at least just one more. You trust those other guys as plug and plays and Washington is still going to get minutes. Don't get me wrong. But if you can actually have that seventh guy that you really, really trust, it changes everything. And also I like he did it yesterday. I want to say it was around like the, four minute remaining mark one of the offensive rebounds that he got was just stupid like the the boston college uh guy had had position on him like without question um and he jumped at the same time didn't go over the back and like was just too strong just simply too strong took the ball and i think it was that possession where we got like seven offensive rebounds and just it's it's just I don't know man it's not even just withers it's just watching this team on the glass in general Mm -hmm. that's why I do have to give so much credit credit to Hubert because every single thing that we have noticed as the season has progressed that we have addressed as an issue on this podcast has drastically improved Mm -hmm. three weeks ago we were talking about rebounding and how bad it was because who do we get out rebound by? I don't remember who it was, but it was like an inexcusable team to get out rebounded by. It was a game that we won, but it might was have it, been it might have been Oklahoma. I don't remember. Yeah, Oklahoma it was still the Oklahoma out rebounded UNC in that game. Yeah, 
It, like, and we talked about rebounding and how, yeah, we're winning. Got, they might have gotten out rebounded by UC Riverside or one of the bye games. It, it, it was it was one of the bye games, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They got out rebounded by UC Riverside. So we sat here looking back at that. We sat here and talked about it and it's it's improved. So it's like Hubert is hitting on everything. He has his guys. And then you know what? We just took we just let Jalen Withers take a victory lap. Now it's time for us to take a victory lap and uh just remind everyone who isn't a UNC fan, specifically the ones in Durham. Um, you now have two losses in the ACC and are, are two games behind the North Carolina Tar Heels because Blake Kenson Indoor Stadium got absolutely cooked last night. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. 
When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. Oh man, like it's, I can't believe this UNC team. Well, maybe I shouldn't say I can't believe it because the ACC has just been generally bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Carolina, I mean, they're sitting here seven and oh with a two game lead in the conference. Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, all right behind them at five and two. But it's a great spot to be in late January. Um, Anything else you want to hit on from the Boston College game? I know you mentioned Harrison Ingram's big shot. Once again, hit another three. That was that kind of put the game away. I've lost count of how many times that's been that's happened this season. Um, RJ Davis missed some shots, but hit some big ones when it counted. Like the, he had that nice little floater off the the Ingram assist. I think um, been passing the ball really well. Cadeau had we got to see two Cadeau lobs. I know I mentioned the Aconqua one, but that that transition lob to Ingram was sick, and I didn't know that Ingram could jump like that. Um, yeah, um, I don't really have anything crazy. I mean, I don't even feel the need to talk about RJ anymore. I just, <laughs> he just does this every single week. I actually thought considering the fact that he didn't hit a single three point field goal that Cormac actually ended up having a pretty decent game. Mm -hmm. um I just love that he was jawing back and forth like he was getting physical and yeah I mean Cadeau just continues to get better as well so I it's just hard for me to imagine that if this team stays healthy they don't just keep getting better because I still just feel like not everything's clicking like I still feel like the offense gets ugly at times. I still feel like, you know, Cadeau's going to get better. I still feel like, you know, RJ, real, realistically for him, by his standards, had a bad game. He had 16, shot 5 of 14 from the field. Like, I, Armando, like, didn't even have double-digit rebounds. So, I, I just think there's still so many things that this team's going to get better at as the year goes on. And... It excites me, but I I will say the Wake game, which you guys will hear our recap on that soon because apparently we're an NBA team and we uh, get one-day breaks between our games now. But, um, you know, it's at home, so that makes me feel a little better. Mm -hmm. But Florida State's yeah. looked real good, and going down there is going to be tough. Georgia Tech. Plays Duke really well. Um, that that that's worries it. me a little bit. <laughs> but that's literally the only team yeah. they play well. <laughs> See, that's what I'm worried about, though. Like, maybe they're just, it's just the whole blue blood thing, and they're True. like, all right, we're playing a blue blood. It's like my boy Armando said yesterday. We get, uh, what did he say? Everyone's attributes, attributes times 10. <laughs> well, you you mentioned it. Let's talk a little bit about Wake Forest, and then we'll close with some four corners. Um, yeah, because th this episode will hopefully drop Monday morning. Um probably a few hours, well, I guess more than a few hours, but hours still before UNC tips off with Wake. Uh, yeah, this, in my opinion, it, it's by no means a must win. Uh, when you're undefeated in the conference, you're going to drop one eventually. However, it's 
it's one of those teams that if Carolina is who we think they are, they win and they kind of coast to it. It's yep. it's sort it's one of those games that you expect like a final four contending UNC team to handle business and yeah, win by double digits yet again. Uh, just because like it's in the crib and you got a team in weight that's coming in really hyped up, uh, have a great offense that's just been cooking recently, just got Damari Monsanto back. And yeah, those UNC teams with that killer instinct that have what it takes to win a title, they sense that and they wipe their hopes out immediately. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where I don't know how to feel because I watch what Wake just did to Louisville, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, we beat Louisville by 16. They manhandled Louisville, 90 to 65. But then I watch what happened against State, and I'm like, okay, obviously some some different circumstances. Like, it was a weird game, the Hunter Salas stuff, all that. I just don't – I honestly don't know because Wake Forest has had a couple games in conference play, which mm-hmm. are the two losses, where they have looked out of sync. They don't look like they can guard very well. But then there's some games where you watch them and you're like – they might they might be the real deal. Um mm-hmm. I feel like they actually kind of match up with us pretty well in terms of the size. They play a lot of like, you know, Efton Reed's what, seven foot, mm-hmm. and then Carr's probably like six nine, six ten. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy. So they're they're pretty big. Um I, I don't know. I, I do think UNC wins because it's in the Dean Dome, mm-hmm. but I also am not going to be surprised if this is like a close game. If this is like a, if this is where the double digit streak comes to an end, I guess I would say. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it is. I don't know. I was still lean Carolina winning by double digits. I think Wake is really good, but we've just seen this team elevate their play when they match up with a good opponent all year. Um, I know we go back to the Kentucky game, the last loss. They seemed a little bit uh, rattled in the first half, got it together in the second half, had a great chance to win that game. And really since then, I mean, they played obviously the best, their best all season, maybe against Tennessee, definitely best offensively against Tennessee, played well offensively and great defensively against Oklahoma, played great defensively against NC State. Uh, getting this at home, you know they're going to be up for it. And I just – it seems like the kind of game where shot, shots start falling for everybody. I think you get a, multiple threes. I'm going to make a prediction now and say you get multiple made threes from RJ, Cormac, and Harrison Ingram, which might be the first time that's happened all year. I'd have to go back and check that. But I, Cormac's going to Cormac's gonna hoot. Anytime he misses zero – anytime he misses everything he takes from deep the next game – He's guaranteed to go at least like two for six. That's what it feels like. I swear. When he goes like zero for five next game, I'm he's hitting two or three. Yeah. So that's and we're gonna need it. Uh, we need him to to bounce back in a big way because Wake Forest just hit eighteen threes against Louisville. Granted, terrible defense at home. Probably not gonna happen at, at UNC. Um, and Carolina has been really good at running teams off the three point line, but they're going to have to close out hard. They're not, they're going to can't be lazy. Um, like against Louisville, no, we didn't talk much about that game, but even in the first half before Louisville just started making everything, some of Carolina's contests and their closeouts just seemed to step slow. Like a, it, it seemed like there might've been a little bit of like, this team is awful and we're going to run them out of our own gym. 
and lo and behold, Louisville cut into that lead in the second half um, and started making some of those shots, but you can't do that against Wake Forest, but I, I expect them to go into to, to this game knowing that. Yeah, I, I think they do know. I think that is part of the problem. They've been getting away with it because the defense is so good, but I do still think they have a little bit of an identity issue in terms of when they play bad teams, they do like to play down to their comp a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I definitely 100% like, I think it's a heels win. I don't know. I just could see it going so many different ways. Um, yeah. but if you would see loses to a dude named booby, then what, you know, I, I can't say anything. We deserve to be slandered for that. Um, but yeah, I just I'm not I'm not too too concerned. I do think it's a good test um to then have to go to Florida State after. Yeah. Um it, you feel a lot better going into Tallahassee on Saturday if you're coming off of a win. I'll say that. Exactly. Much. If you're going into Tallahassee eight and or yeah, what is it? Eight seven and, and one. Or if, eight yeah, and, yeah, yeah. If you're going in eight and no, oh, you're 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 probably feeling good. But if you're going in seven and one it's like, all right, we really need to win this game. And mm-hmm. I, I think we can, you know, we'll talk, we'll go in depth about this after we recap the weight game. But I think we both know Florida State's going to come out swinging because they had us dead to rights and we just pressed them. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's close a little bit of four corners. Um, I want to get your updated final four predictions. About halfway through the season, it's time to revisit. I would have oh, to go back. Man. I'm curious who we because I think we talked about this. Listen, man, I don't even want to say because one of my picks is having the most like disappointing season of all time. Who was one of your picks in the pre uh, preseason? Southern Cal, and it's Ooh. like I literally solely said that because guards win, Collier and Boogie. And then it's like Collier's hurt now. Boogie's hurt every other game. That's just been the definition of underwhelming. Um, but oh man, the hardest part about picking the final four is like who's the surprise team, you know? Yeah, right. I, I would have been inclined to maybe include like a Memphis, but then this week they've been awful. Yeah, they have been. Like, I, I will say. I love Auburn. I do. I think Bruce Pearl is a great coach. Holloway is a straight dude. And they're just pretty much good at everything. I mean, beating Ole Miss the way they beat Ole Miss yesterday <laughs> is pretty freaking insane. Um, So I'd probably say Auburn, UNC, I still think UConn's really, really good. And then, you know, I'm gonna lock in a a two a two SEC final four. And I'm telling you right now, after what I saw from Big Z yesterday, I'm gonna be hard pressed to not have Kentucky in the final four. Yep. <laughs> a lot of brackets. So you said Carolina, UConn, Auburn, Kentucky. Yep, that's how I'm solid feeling. picks. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna zig a little bit and go not just one but two Big Ten teams. Ooh. Say both Purdue and Illinois get there. I think Ooh. Illinois, the way they play, where they have a bunch of like switchability, good wings, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. back, which 
uh, still feels weird. Yeah, I'm like it feels even know. weirder that they gave him a standing ovation. Yeah, uh, champagne yeah, on we, ice. Uh, I'm gonna need y'all to talk about that. <laughs> Let it be known. Yeah, we. Anyway, it feels a little icky to pick them just with still so much uncertainty around that. But uh, I'll take ter- I'll take Illinois and Purdue. I think Purdue just gets it done because they have the best player in the country and they they can't fail again. Like they're, this feels like I, all year, if you watch them play, it feels like a year they can get over the hump. Their guards are good. I know Braden Smith has really struggled recently, but yeah, they, they're well balanced. Um, I'm going to go with Carolina. I truly believe in my heart of hearts. This is a final four team. I do too. I can get there. Like, I'm not just saying that cause I'm a fan. I mean, we've been, we would kept... tell you if, yeah. if we, if we didn't feel that way, we have been very honest about this team. Like, yeah. Yes. I, I like we we were skeptical at the start of the year. We're in on them now. And then the last one, my national title pick at this moment, the Kentucky Wildcats. I cannot like you blame said, you. I, I know they, they can't guard anybody right now. I think their defense is still sub seventies on Kim Pom, but they if they get there, like Big Z, that pass that he hit in transition Dude. to Antonio Reeves, I'm like they really have Croatian Jokic. Uh, yeah, so that's stupid. that's a bit of a stretch. He's he, I I can't I don't want to be unfair calling Croatian Jokic. It's just uh, so stupid. But it's like I don't know what it is about those Balkan states that just produce absolute <sighs> hoopers. But he's a cheat code. Uh, it's always the itches, bro. What is up <laughs> with all these itches? I mean, <laughs> like oh, it's so annoying. Jokic, Doncic, uh, Vucevic. I think Zvonimir's last name is pronounced Ivisic. Yeah, it's yeah, like Ivisic. All the Bogdanoviches. I mean, Jesus, son of an itch. That's what I'm gonna start saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- listen, Purdue is is really good. I'm solely not having them at my Final Four just because of like my painter PSD, and I just I'm so terrified of even like they're definitely a second weekend team, like without question. I'm just I, I do worry about like the freaking. If Bra- if I can see Braden Smith and Lawyer actually play like three games where they're both good at the same time before the tournament starts, I'll feel differently. But I'm telling you, like Rob Doster said, it must be in their NIL contracts that they are not allowed to play good on the same day because I swear I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I I think they'll get there by the time the tournament comes. It it just seems like one of those things. I don't like I said. I don't think I'm not picking Purdue to win it. I, I need to like you said. It would be great to see them get in sync with each other. Um, but yeah, you know, it's there. Uh, every coach can't make a Final Four until they actually do. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's overly simplistic. But we said that about Tony Bennett. We said it about Jay Wright. Not everyone can be like Huber and make it in their first year. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone can be like our basketball coach. Not everybody can be undefeated in conference play either. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back later this week talking Wake Forest and looking ahead to Florida State. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Download it. Download the show on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the Pot is the Roof on Twitter. We'll be giving you some of the best UNC content you'll need from now until hopefully early April. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.